Jordan Seaton is officially a buff. William, we had to do a emergency podcast to react to the news. We've already done a whole film room on Jordan Seaton, and I'm going to put that at the end of this show for the folks that haven't seen it already. We've already broken down his game, but given the fact that uh, it took him till Friday afternoon to sign that national letter of intent, to be, you know, there were a lot of folks that were starting to get kind of nervous about whether or not he might potentially flip to Maryland. First off, let's lead with your thoughts. Uh, were you ever nervous that he was going to end up being with the, the Terrapins? Well, I'm a CU fan, man. I don't believe anything until it actually happens anymore. We, you know, we we could be going into the uh, national championship and and something would happen to to us. So I don't know. You know, if, if other people feel like they can feel good about stuff, that's good for them. But I got to strip off years of trauma before I can uh, believe in anything anymore. So uh, I don't. I I you know the, the reality is. You know, he, he's a 17, 18 year old kid. I didn't know what the heck he was going to do. You know, nobody else did either. Probably. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure at this point that he wasn't just messing with everybody. My concern never went above a five, but there was a colleague on 24 seven sports that at one point submitted a crystal ball prediction in favor of yeah. Maryland. And yeah. all of a sudden it was like, okay, I better do some digging here. And uh, yeah, I, I am anxious to see what Jordan or hear what Jordan Seaton has to say in the future, just in terms of how real the possibility of him flipping was. Um, I throughout the last couple of days expected him to end up with the buffs, but you know, he had history with Maryland's head coach. There was NIL play. That's a, a Terrapins program that's having to replace four starters on their offensive line. So just like CU, they're desperate to get some elite guys in on their offensive line to be able to compete. And so uh, it, it was a dogfight down to the end, at least in terms of, you know, he's still Jordan Seaton had a in-home visit with Dan Lanning late in the process. So even if it wasn't real, there were yeah. things happening that would make you pause and go, okay, is this really going to happen? Um, and will NIL factor in? And at the end of the day, uh, he decided to stay loyal with, with the buffs and uh, all all's well that ends well, I guess. Right. But uh, does it make it any sweeter for you, William, that Dan Lanning uh, uh, made that last ditch effort and was unsuccessful? Well, I think it just shows what an arrogant jackass he is. I mean, he didn't listen. He didn't, he didn't listen to what the kid said, man. I mean, the kid was not going to go play for a white dude at, at Oregon. Okay. I mean, he was very clear about, about an, one very important part of the thing to him. And he didn't say it in an interview. He said it to other people saying, you know, weren't you going to play, play for somebody for two looks like you. Right. And so look, if you, I don't know, in a situation like that, I don't always take a kid at their word when they're doing an interview, but when they're sending out their own stuff in response to somebody else, I think that's a pretty good message, but you know, that little punk up in Oregon thinks he can throw uh, Papa Phil's money at him. And uh, he thinks he's charismatic, but he's not, he'd be charismatic enough to uh, get punched in the eye at my house. But, uh, and, and that's probably, I, I, I just, I just tee you up on these, don't I? Yeah. Well, we watched that. We watched the latest episode of um, coach prime last night, you know, and, and that just seeing him doing that again, just you know, so, um, but that, that was, that was a good watch. And I just don't, you know, I just think that, uh, some of these guys think that they can convince anybody to do anything, but you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to listen to the player and see what they're actually thinking and what, you know, I, I, I remember, um, Barry Switzer talking about, look, you know what, you got to find out what's important to each guy and, and, and talk to that play, you know, go to that place with them and appeal to what matters to them. Cause 
people on the board think all these kids are the same and they're not. Yeah. So now that he's in the boat, where are we setting expectations for Jordan Seaton year one? Where are you setting them, William, as a former offensive lineman, former offensive line coach? What, what is like a realistic possibility in terms of like, he's not going to come in and be in an all American from day one, is he? Or is that how special his talent is? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, you look and and uh, Alabama started a freshman left tackle uh, last year and they've got significantly better talent than we do. And, you know, he had to beat somebody out right now. Uh, as it stands currently, Jordan Seaton is number one on the depth chart because there's no depth chart, you know, and I still think that they need to go out and get themselves another uh, uh, ex- more experienced person to con- to compete at left tackle because I don't think that guy's on the team right now. Um, you know, maybe some of these new guys will get a look there and whatever, but but I'm not convinced that any of those guys are, are quite athletic enough to be that guy. Um, so I think we're we're not we're not finished with left tackle yet. But you know, given what I've seen other guys do, I think it's I think it's um I don't know, you know, his his technique, I think as we mentioned on the on the uh film room we did on him is, is pretty advanced for a high school kid and he played for good coaches which is not common in at the high school level but you know those guys at img academy are all excellent coaches so i don't know it really depends on his work ethic and, and how hard and how serious he is about it um is he a early enrollee yes he will be in boulder yes. in january Okay, so that gives him that the leg up, you know, first of all, to get some winter conditioning under his belt at the altitude and work with the strength coaches. And, you know, I think he's got the the physical talent to to do it right off the bat, to, to play at a pretty high level right from the start. Um, you know, you start talking all conference and all American things like that for a, for an 18 year old going against grown men. I don't know. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I, I always take every every one of these guys with a grain of salt. And, we, and you know, one of the best tackles that ever come through here was David Bakhtiari, and he was not rated at all. So you just never know. Um, of course, he he was uh, really ahead of the of the curve on his technique and, and, and was really a student of the game. And I think if uh, Jordan Seaton's a student of the game, he, he, could, he could have a real shot at uh, doing something. So I think a lot of people are just going to, you know, kind of anoint him. But – it's a hard position to play, man. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. What I what I'm hoping for is that we get some real serious pass rushers in here to test him in practice, so that you know the first time he sees a real pass rusher is not in in the regular season. Yeah, I, I mentioned this before on a, a previous podcast. When I saw Jordan Seaton on his official visit, um, the the way his body was, he just looked like an immovable force. Whereas yeah. some guys carry that weight a little bit differently. Um, it's not that he's actually lost weight, but there's something about his stature that just yeah. stands out when you see him in person. Uh, it's it's always amazed me, if, you know, for 40 years, going all the way back to when I was at CU and, and Stan Brock came to one of our spring games when he was playing for the Patriots. And, uh, you know, it's like, here's a, here's a guy that's 6'5", 305. And there's another guy that's 6'5", 305, and they don't look a bit the same. And that one looks significantly bigger than the other one, you know. And it's always been interesting to me. And, you know, I never really sat down and had them stand next to each other and compare it and try to figure out why. But some dudes at the same size look a hell of a lot bigger. And Seton's one of those guys, you know, and with his arm length, 
you know, uh, if he can learn to use his hands properly with his athleticism, he, he could be very special very quickly. Yeah, I don't want to get too repetitive because, like I mentioned, we're going to replay that film room that we put together. But you have made a comment, William, in that film room talking about how he's aggressive even in pass pro, which is sometimes pretty rare to find. Um, And that kind of falls in line with some of the things that Coach Prime was telling Stephen A. Smith. I don't know if you get a chance to watch that interview, but he said that. Not only did he say he thinks Jordan Seaton's going to be a first round pick, a possible top five pick, but he said that he doesn't look to just put the guy in the turf. He looks to he looks to make them a sprinkler, is what he said. I thought that was a great line, and that is you you raved about that play where Jordan Seaton just completely barreled the guy off the field, and that that's what I was thinking of as Coach Prime was saying that. Yeah, he, he, I mean, the, the guy's feet came off the ground as he went over the sideline. It was kind of like, oh, my God, I feel bad for his mom up there. That got, it, it was, well, you know, it was really like, it, it, honest to God, it was really like that that scene in the blind side where the guy drives him, where he drives the guy over yeah. the wall. But um, I think it's exciting. I think, you know, it also it also provides a, a, an extra level of credibility for CU, you know, that, you know, you bring in guys like this, other guys want to come play with guys like this. And it's three. And, and, you know, this three years in a row for coach prime with a guy like this, you know, you had Travis Hunter and then you had Cormani McClain and now you got Jordan Seaton. So now every year it's going to be like, okay, how are you going to beat it this year? And I think the other thing that's important here is that it, it proves, you know, what I was most concerned about was, can can he recruit linemen like he can recruit skill players? Clear, clearly, the skill players can relate to his playing days and playing similar positions and what have you, you know. But the big guys are entirely different, you know. So uh, I think it also speaks well of, of Phil Lodeholt because he had a, a final meeting with Seaton before he committed and and brought him on board. You know, I mean, you if you meet with the offensive line coach and you think he sucks, you're not coming here. You know, right? Yeah. I did not expect Colorado to sign only six high school guys in the class of 2024. And that, that's kind of the hot button topic right now. You know, there's a lot of criticism out there. Um, I see it from the standpoint that it's unconventional. So it's just easy to point out and say that can't work. But then you look at the fact that Shador Sanders has one year of eligibility left, that Travis Hunter is going to be off to the NFL after the 2024 season. And you kind of, want to go all in right uh yeah but in 2025 can you sign six guys again and use the portal the, the same way every year and still have a healthy program what what are your thoughts on that well i think it remains to be seen i think it's a brave new world and i think you know the the, the ruling i think today or yesterday that that guys can, can transfer as many times as they want changes changes a lot of things and um you know i'm looking at the i've got the uh uh eligibility chart up there and it's not like it's blank you know except for tight end <laughs> everyone in tight end is one class but but you know the other the other things are are spread out quite a bit um you know but it's not going to be like where before you had to uh get a guy in and, and put a couple of years into him to get him up to speed in terms of size strength learning your system whatever now you got to get them in and bring them in as a transfer and and you know uh, uh, as often as not teams are going to lose freshmen um, after their first or second year. Um, and so I think what it does, is it puts a premium on, on that, that part of coaching that I call leadership, right. Where you have to keep your guys on board even after year one, although, you know, 
the other thing about it is you don't got to keep somebody that can't play now. Right. Because, you know, if, if they're no good, you're going to get somebody else and replace them. And, and, and you know, I mean, I guess there'll be some that say, well, that's not fair to the players. Well, this is what the players wanted. And this is the reality that turns up when, when you get it. So um, it, it, it kind of cuts both ways. I, I think it's, it's, you know, it, it requires coaches to treat players right to keep them around the good ones. Um, you know, um, and it gives guys more opportunities to go play somewhere else. If they don't feel like they fit, but I don't know. I, I think it remains to be seen how it really plays out. I still think you need to, you know, we'll, we'll still need to want to get five to 10 guys as true freshmen every year. Or, or will, will we see guys stay four and five years at a school anymore? I don't know. We'll watch it all play out and see how it goes, you know. It I does you, feel it does feel like it's going to be pretty rare going forward, right? Like you said, yeah, this is yeah, a, right. a new world in college football, and uh, yeah, and then you look at William. You look at the true freshmen that came in and were the best guys in their twenty twenty three class. Guys like Carter Stoutmeyer and Cormani McLean and Omari and Miller. They, you know, they they had flashes out there, but there were growing pains that those guys right. all showed, right? And right. Um, now, maybe Jordan Seaton's the type of guy that, that can uh, kind of rise above that. He is, you know, the number one offensive tackle in the country. But it, it is really tough to expect a whole lot out of those guys their first year on campus. Well, and that's why I say you've got to go out and you've got to get more competition at that left tackle spot because you can't count on an 18-year-old coming in and being ready to go. And and if like I think one of the things that's interesting to me from the Coach Prime show – is that it really dives a lot more into the pr- the pressures and the and the and the the weight of being a college football player and the way that it's twenty four hours and and it just kind of wears you out, you know. And not all eighteen year olds are ready to handle that. Now, you know, I don't know. I went to Marine Corps boot camp when I was seventeen, so you know that that's a little bit different. But um, you don't know until you get a guy in, really. And and one of the hardest parts of recruiting is is um, figuring out what's in here, man, you know, and what's in here. And um, one of the things that stood out to me from that um, episode last night was Bishop Thomas, you know, and and how disappointed he was that everybody else wasn't working as hard as he was, you know, and that's what you want a lot of those guys, you know. And so we have to wait and see what his personality is. We have to see how well he takes coaching. We have to see, you know, how well he adjusts to bigger, faster guys and, um, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to hand a job to anybody. Let's get, let's get several guys in and let them fight for it. Yeah. How much can you learn in 15 spring practices? Is it, is it almost more about just adjusting to being a college or because he came is coming from IMG Academy. Maybe that, that gap is bridged a little bit more than your typical high school guy coming in. Well, I, you know, I think you, you, you can make a, you can make tremendous progress in 15 practices, you know, and, and the, the other thing about it is it always amuses me is people talk about, you know, how good a guy is, you know, um, like say a fourth, fourth or fifth year guy and, and who's going into the draft and then they get to the NFL. And the first thing that an offense that a left tackle with number three pick and draft, say left tackle, they got to learn a whole new thing that it's on a whole new learning curve. And the first thing I hear uh, you see him say, well, this technique's not very good. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, each, each time you move up a level, it's a whole new thing, you know? Yeah. So, and I think having, but having those 15 practices, almost more important than the 15 practices is the winter, winter conditioning, you know, and, and getting to know the players and the, 
and the working with coach Mo and his guys and learning how to grind every day and get up and learn how to go to school and get your grades and, um, you know, learn that offense and, and, and learn your technique. There's so much to learn to be a left tackle. You know, uh, you have to learn all your schemes and offense and whatever, but you also have to learn all this technique, which is, which is, has to be refined. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a great thing that he's going to be here for spring. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, 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 I kind of feel like, yeah, he's going to be that starting left tackle in game one, but let's see what happens with, you know, who else we bring in in the portal. As we record this right now, Colorado has the number one ranked transfer class in the country. Ole Miss briefly jumped ahead of Colorado, but Colorado's back to number one. Uh, overall rank right now is 21. You know, and the high school is 99. I mean, you, you sign six guys, you're just you're penalized when you go quality over quantity approach with, with high school recruiting. And you you could debate whether it should just be a hundred percent based on the average rating. And if that's the case, somebody on our message board pointed out that these six guys are average rating you know, would be number two in the country behind Georgia. Now um, it's a little easier to to have that higher ranking when you, you only right, sign right. that many guys, but who, who else do you like in this class? Draylon Miller signed with the Buffaloes, Cameron McKell, a couple really athletic guys on offense, Brandon Davis, Wayne and Eric Brantley, two really talented defensive linemen that, that put up huge stats in the high school ranks. Yeah. And then running back Michael Welch, who uh, I had as my most underrated pick, really. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of options because so these guys are so highly regarded. Is there anybody right. in that group that, that you're really excited about? Well, I think those two defensive linemen are going to be different than the kinds of guys we've had at CU for a long time. They 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 go back to me to you know some of those uh, mid nineties and early two thousands kind of guys. Brandon Davis Swain, you know, and neither one of them is like the six five. 250 type they're they're more shorter and more compact but they're both so explosive in their first couple of steps and use their hands well so um i think i think those are two guys eric brantley if he was if he was an inch taller you know probably would have been a much higher uh rated recruit but um they both have big motors you know and, and are going to do things so i think those two guys are going to be bring something really bring something to our uh defensive line and our edge position. And I think Swain is probably big enough to play a little bit of three technique, five technique, whatever. So those two guys are exciting to me. Now we need to get some linebackers. Yeah. Yep. And that uh, th they're working on that behind the scenes. So we'll see if something uh, comes of that. It would be a nice uh, additional Christmas gift to, to give to CU fans that they they're able to, to pull it off. But yeah, that when you look at needs remaining, I think that at this point it's got to be number one on your list, and and I don't even really think it's close uh, to, to the next biggest need on this team right now. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe another tight end, but we don't really know how that position is going to be utilized going forward. Right, right. We don't really know what that offense, what that what that offense is going to look like. I think um, you know, and can never get enough of a big defensive lineman. I think I think you know, I'm not quite sure how to say Noanko, uh, Noanko. I, you know, the, the, the shorter defensive tackle, I think a lot of people are like, well, because he's, he's, he's listed five eleven, he can't be that good. Well, he's pretty darn explosive. And, 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 uh, you know, he, he's like, um, um, uh, who was our guy, uh, Johnson a, a couple of years ago, Johnson, yeah. Johnson, except this, except this guy's got significantly more talent. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Anquin Barnes, you know, is just the kind of size we've been missing in the middle. And, and that's going to make a big difference. I wouldn't mind seeing another guy 
you know, and uh, over 300 on the defensive line. And I tell you, I, I got to tell you, we, we have, we cannot be done on the offensive line. We cannot, we're still three or four guys short in my three view. Three or four. That's a pretty big number. Well, I mean, I was, was going to say, I was going to say one or two. Well, you look at, you look at, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, at the, um, eligibility chart right now. Quite. I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe this Walker kid can play at this level, but you know, we'll see at 270 on the center. And I watched that, I watched that film of him playing Tennessee and it didn't look good to me, but um, you know, we want to have more than just five guys because guys are going to get hurt and go down. But, you know, like right now um, I am just looking at it and I think, I still think we need three or four more guys. You know, we don't have that left tackle yet to, to compete with Seton. Um, you know, we got still, you know, I'm looking at the list and, and Jack Bailey and, and Wilty and McCrimmon are still there. And um, I don't know. I think D- David Connor, I feel good about Jer- Jeremiah McCrimmon. That needs to get updated. He has uh, entered the the transfer portal. Has he? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I feel good about Washington. Let me count them up here. Washington, Johnson, Benson. You, can you count on your fingers while I go through this? Uh, uh Zelenskis, I feel pretty good about Connor, Mayers, Tyler Brown. Um, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know. I I, I eight maybe with with Seaton. So I, I still think we need a couple more, two, three, four more guys in that in that offensive line group and, and particularly dedicated offensive tackles, because we're talking about a couple, you know, some guys like Benson and and Johnson and what have you who have primarily been guards who may get looks at tackle and they may work out, but I'd sure like to bring in a guy who's who's actually started at the P5 level at a, at a tackle position. You mentioned Chidozi, uh, Anquan Barnes is transferring in on the defensive line, Quincy Wiggins from LSU. Um, it, it sounds like they've got a chance still to get Chris McClellan, who's transferring out of Florida, and he would be a big-time get for them as well. They've been battling Missouri here recently, and it it's a little bit different with the transfers uh, because you can sign the financial aid paperwork, which allows the school to talk about you, allows coaches to talk about you, but it's not binding on the player's end until they right. enroll in school, which would not be till mid-January. So um, it's not – I mean, you saw Jimmy Horan Jr. commit on Christmas last year. The timeline of that is a little bit different, whereas Jordan Seaton, if he was going to sign a letter of intent, he had to do it today. Otherwise, right. he would have had to wait till February. So it's a little bit different with the transfers. And uh, you, you got to feel a little bit better when they sign that financial aid paperwork. It does show some type of commitment. But uh, at the end of the day, they can change their mind in, until they actually enroll. Let, let, let me ask you this as the experienced uh, uh, uh uh, producer of uh, Buff Stampede, what would have happened on the board had he wait had he not signed today and waited till February? <laughs> Heart attacks, burning things down, cars burning in the streets. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm super excited. I can <laughs> celebrate Christmas and not have this hanging over everybody's heads. You know, it's right. funny, William. I I like knew that this was going to happen today, but. I just kept waiting around, waiting around in the office, and I needed to go to to Costco to pick up some stuff. Our in-laws are coming right. in town today. They're here now. And so part of what like made me go do that is, well, I can put it on the message board that, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I had a story pre-written on the back end. 
I just knew the second I got in that car that he right, was committing. Right. Well, and sure enough, I'm I'm grabbing paper towels as you know he's announcing on Instagram. Right. So uh, dealing with the the Costco madness, it, 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 I was just happy to have uh, you know final word here with, with Jordan Seaton, and and again not to have to deal with the stress of that leading up to February because that man that would have made for a long month and a half here. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I, I try not to pay attention to, the, to some of the garbage that other teams say and people say about us and whatever, because, you know, there, there's a whole lot of drama that really has nothing to do with reality. Um, but, you know, I, I it was super important to me that this kid stick with us. Yeah. on a lot on a lot of different levels you know to 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 support prime as a recruiter because we need the talent for god's sakes um you know and and so uh that that was you know i had a long week and and didn't really get to check the border recruiting or anything really until thursday you know when i when i saw he wasn't on there i was like man that sucks you know, yeah. and I, no way not to feel bad about that. I'm not, I'm not wired to be the guy that goes, ah, it'll work out. Hooray. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, now, like I said, in my, in my story, now, now everybody gets to, to breathe a, a massive sigh of relief and uh, get to enjoy the holidays. I've got, I mentioned I went to Costco. I've got my prime rib now. I'm ready to go. Uh, what's, nice. what's on Wait. the docket for you, for you and your wife this well, holiday season? I, first of all, I, I just I, we we watched a show called Christmas Wars. I think it's on A and E Network, and 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 one of the scenes, this little kid just goes berserk, punching the heck out of this uh, inflatable Santa, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's going to be me if this guy signs with Oregon." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I that that would have been that would have been a tough pull to 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 get down, huh? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So no, I, I'm, I'm going to go make quesadillas now and uh, we're just going to take it easy. It's been a rough couple of weeks for us and we're just going to relax and, you know, and I think it's supposed to snow Sunday. So we'll just sit and be quiet and warm and eat stuff and hang out. William, I really appreciate you and for always doing these shows with me. And uh, it, it's good that we got this, again, out of the way before the holidays and best to you and your your wife. And as we sign off here, folks are going to hear us talk about Jordan Seaton doing the buff stampede film room. I still feel like there's some guys we can do some film rooms on uh, from the transfer market as we get into this Mm -hmm. off season. So we can uh, connect and do that. But William, again, I appreciate you and I appreciate everybody out there again, stay tuned as we break down Jordan Seaton's game, just in case you missed our previous film room. After Jordan Seaton, the number one ranked offensive tackle recruit in the country in the class of 2024 committed, Matt Smith and I did an emergency podcast. William, you've got a regular day job, but we left, we held back just a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Seaton. Did you get a chance to to watch him on film a little bit and, and garner some more thoughts about what his potential will be in Boulder? Yeah, I really did, and, and I and I love what I see, and I think uh, you know playing for IMG Academy means he he got probably as good a coaching as you can expect anywhere in America uh, for high school football, and what I see in his film is is he's got sort of the whole package of size, athleticism, length, but he's very polished and he's very well coached. So, you know, there's a two couple of films that I looked at on his huddle uh, that were very impressive. 
And, you know, what really stuck out to me is that he's got just really nice athleticism. He can really move. He can really run. Got great length, long arms, and he uses his hands and arms well, which is not common, I think, in high school kids. But he's got he got he got nice ability to uh, use use his hands and not be faked out to to punch too early. And he's really kind of dominant in, in every facet of the game. I picked out a play uh, on that. Uh, I think it was a mid senior year uh, highlight reel from this past year at the thirty four second mark, and it's a goal line run play. And he's just very dominant uh, against the defensive end, both with his hands and his feet. And it's just really pretty to watch. And, and one thing that I've noticed is that he 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 goes to the whistle. He goes to the finish. I mean, there's a couple of plays where he just drove a guy all the way off the field and past the bench where you couldn't even see him anymore. You know, <laughs> and lots of plays where he's putting guys on the ground. Um, you know, the second play on that same reel, I, I made a notice that man, he could really move, and he was pulling across the line from left tackle to right, um, and just uses his hands really nicely. And, you know, he's, he's polished, you know, he's not, he, he clearly at the high school level, he hasn't seen the kind of defensive ends and, and linebackers that he'll see in the big 12, but uh, he handles both the speed and the power rush very well. Um, I love his physicality and the pass protection. You know, a lot of guys are kind of passive in pass pro and he's looking to bury dudes even in the pass protection, which is, which is sort of fun and uh, nice to see um, the play that I, Picked out at uh, the 136 mark in that uh, senior year video where his pass protection was just perfect from from the first step all the way through. His hands were right. His, his first step was right. His feet were right. His, test, his stance was right. Got his hands where he was supposed to be, turned when he was supposed to turn, and just kind of ran this guy up the field. And, and I was just very impressed by that particular play that he's well coached. He's, he's not, you know, kind of guessing how to pass protect he's he really does it pretty well already so i think he's got enough that he is a legit uh prospect to start i mean you know certainly right now we don't we don't have a left tackle on on the roster i would i would say um and we'll see who comes in through the portal but uh you know alabama started a left a freshman left tackle and they've got all the talent in the world on that team so there are guys that come in uh there's a reason why they're five-star guys and uh, you know, he's six five. I wouldn't be surprised. They they list him six five, what two ninety, I think. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's closer to six six because I'm looking at his arm length and it's just really superior. Got really long arms. I think I, I think I saw it listed somewhere as a six six ten wingspan. Arm. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, and you can really see it on the film. I mean, he doesn't let anybody get close to him. And a lot of guys with long arms, they'll they'll let a guy in. And they're they're in here and it's like what the hell, man? Why have long arms if you're not going to use them? And he really blocks out both in the run and the pass. 